Hi, everyone. This is Asia from the Peace and Preparation podcast, and I'm back with another episode of Sons of God series, and I have Orain Williams here with me today, guys, and I'm so excited to uh, introduce Orain and talk a little bit about his life and just kind of dive into some really mm, deep questions, but really good questions to get to know him and to know about his journey. So, Orain... How are you? Hi, Asia. I am doing well. And really, thank you for having me here. Thank you for being here. I mean, this is amazing. So, so first of all, for our viewers, um, I've known Orain for quite some time now, and I've watched him grow and just really do some, some amazing things that he's going to be sharing with you guys. So, Orain, we do want to get to know a little bit. I know you. So, how about you just tell us a little bit about you, our viewers? Okay, so, well, as Asia said, my name is Orene Williams. I was born in Kingston, Jamaica. Um, and then I moved to the United States in like my early teenage years, or I think I was around 13, 14. Um, so going to school here, attending college, I am currently working in um, New York City in the Bronx community as a social worker that's doing criminal defense and education defense. Um, what else? I am also so much. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. So also like a life coach. I also do life coaching as well. That's something that I enjoy doing. But just outside of career, outside of like work stuff, I am literally a God-fearing person. I enjoy having like close relationship with God, close communication with God. I feel like me, God and I have a very strange relationship um my life is very strangely supernatural but also very strangely well not strangely but also um filled with just like overcoming obstacles to get where i am today overcoming obstacles even build the foundation that i have um with god so just you know just navigating the obstacles and the issues um the journey that was placed before me, the difficulties that come with it. Yeah. So if I someone asks me why I am, I would say I'm an overcomer because okay. to get where I am today, um, I had to overcome a lot of stuff. And actually my name means to overcome. Wow. So when I encounter certain things in life, I was just like, oh man, do I gotta overcome this too. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that um, so that's what I would share about me and until we go a little bit further. But yeah, I would say I'm an overcomer to sum everything up. First and foremost, you said a lot of amazing things. I mean, you're a social worker, you have a relationship with God that is, you know, deeper than what most people might even think in terms of what a relationship with God is. And um, you're doing a lot of impactful things. You moved from Jamaica at age 13. Yeah. So we have a lot of uh, unpacking to do with some of the things <laughs> And I think, hmm, I think we're going to start, I, I would like to start with, um, let's see, hmm. I'm trying to think where's a good place to start, but I feel like just talking a little bit about what you do in terms of your career, because you said you are, you've, you're educational defense, uh, defender, defender, mm -hmm. and that's interesting. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, so it's actually a new position that was created at my office. So I'm the first education and social worker in, in the public defense office. So usually I work, in, so I work in a public defense office that does provide holistic defense. So it's a team of social workers, attorneys, parent advocate, and then we advocate for a client. So a client that comes in the office doesn't just have an attorney. That client has a social worker to meet the psychosocial need and also have an advocate to do um, connecting to agencies and stuff like that. So it's a holistic defense office. So when I first started at the office, I did criminal defense and adolescent defense. So like going to the prison, um, counseling the clients there, then advocating with the, the legal team, which is the attorney, um, in front of in 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 front in the courtroom in front of the judge on like different ways on how to get the client out. So if I identify the client struggles with trauma and could be better off with do better off with treatment, you know, I will write an advocacy letter and advocate in court that hey, this client would do better off in some mental health and substance abuse treatment coupled with anger management and therapy as opposed to being placed in in 
um, under incarceration because that will just break that client as opposed to, you know, making that client be ready for um, re-entry in the community. Right. And oftentimes I, I enjoy seeing those cases being won. I actually have a client who's been in for like two years now and they were not going to let him out. And he's actually coming out this, I think next, I believe next week. Um, they're finally giving him the opportunity to go get therapy and substance abuse treatment. Um, so, so that's the line of work that I do in the criminal defense. Now in the education defense, I originally started this position, I believe a month ago. It's a new position in the office. So I work, it's, just, it's a very small team. It's just myself and the education attorney. So I'm the education social worker. And we basically advocate for students in school. So we go to suspension hearing. Um, so if a school is trying to give a, give a child a suspension, that's more than what that child shouldn't even be getting. We 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 go in the suspension hearing and we we advocate for the child in suspension hearing. There's children who have special needs, so we have like um, students who are in special education, those who are students in temporary housing. So there are different advocacy. So we advocate to make sure that they have bus services. We're advocating to make sure that if a child needs safety transfer from a school, that's being done. There's a lot of clients that come into the office whose education is incomplete and who needs to be kind of to a, a trade program or a GED program or a night class. And that's where I would come in within this team, like connecting them with that program. And sometimes we can use this as a defense mechanism to say to the court, hey, they, um, how about we get this client out of Rikers Island and give him the opportunity to go to a residential school? Because in Rikers Island, he, he's not getting education as a, and as a child who's under the special education disability law, he has the right to education and Rikers is not giving him that moment, giving him that now so we can sue Rikers or Rikers can release this child so he can go get the education that he needs to get. So, you know, just doing defense and stuff like that. It's great work, fun work, um, exhausting work though. <laughs> First of all, uh Thank you so much for what you're doing because you are impacting the community in a just pro prolific way. I mean, everything you're saying in terms of you're meeting a need that is not necessarily, it's not met a lot. And especially in, I feel like the black and brown communities, there is such a disconnect between what it is that we need for to thrive or what it is that we need to, to prosper. And nine times out of 10, that is, often missed and overlooked and yes team, you and your team are really helping that to bridge that gap to to close that gap in a sense and really provide this, the resources that is going to um that is not just going not just advocating but letting that those these these young men or these young women do you do you work with men and women so yeah, it's both on um, both gender, men and women, all all ages at this point. Yes. So you're you're not, you're not only advocating, but you're empowering them. You're empowering them to to show them that they're much bigger than their situation, and that that you understand whatever it is that they may experience through trauma that has caused them to be in, incarcerated or has placed them in the position yeah. that they are. And yeah. That's so important in these times. That is so important in these times. Yeah, I mean, that no, is some serious work. I, I can see what, how that can be exhausting. It can be very pulling of the energy and just that fight that you have to put into it when you get a no or uh, if you get someone, a judge who's not being understanding or compassionate. Yeah. Whew. Wow, kudos to you. And much thank you so much for this work you're doing you're, you're welcome thank you for acknowledging that thank you no seriously and and how do you take care of yourself because that's a lot like what is what is a typical day like for you so just kind of walk <laughs> us through that because that 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 can definitely take a lot of your energy a typical work day or a typical overall day hmm. let's say an overall day yeah so so a typical overall day, you know, I I think my day, I feel like I'm always doing two work at the same time. Yeah. Is that I'm doing my work work and then I'm also doing the work that the Lord has called me to do. Which I also believe that my work work is what he calls me to do because he used me there. But also he used me in my gifting prophetically. So there are times when I'm working, doing what I, I need, what I just explained to you for work, but I'm also like, 
discerning something or like praying for somebody while I'm working on my spirit is just praying for somebody or I'm instructed to call somebody and give them a word or call somebody and pray for them. So my day, to sum it up all my day, my day always looked like serving people. Mm. Yes. I'm always serving people. I'm always just serving people. Um, whether it's in work or whether it's in ministry school or whether it's in my circle of friendship, I've always, you know, taken a posture of serving. Like, even if I don't want to, that's just how the Lord will push me. I, I, I think I'm a server. Um, so my days, like I'm up in the morning, I do devotion, I pray with my grandmother. Then I will, you know, work out what my dog, start work, balancing work and like the whole prophetic life. Yeah. And then at the end of that, I'm like a director of prayer. Mm. So I have um, a prayer watch that I govern throughout the day as well at different times. So I mostly get to attend the evening prayer call, which is in, which is like at six o'clock when work is done. So I will govern that prayer call at well. There are times when I'm ministering prophetically at that prayer call as well. So my day always, so after that is done, how I take care of myself is I watch something funny I go back in the presence of God for me, not to prophesy to anyone, not to 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 do just to fellowship, just to fill myself back up. So I spend time with God. I intentionally put my phone on do not disturb at a certain time. So it's a certain time when my phone is on silence and I'm not getting any messages, not getting anything. Sometimes I literally just lay down <laughs> and listen to instrumentals and just soak into just peaceful music like I prefer music without lyrics without words prefer instrumentals so yeah that's how I say I would take care of myself um and I try to get rest when the opportunity comes to rest um and do fun stuff I'm learning now how to do fun stuff um as a way of taking care of myself so yeah yeah you're gonna I mean you you have to especially because service is it, it I'm just Thank you so much for putting it that way, because that's ultimately what we're doing in our positions and in our careers and things of that nature that we may not even realize this is the actual service of God, you know, yeah. what God is assigning us to do in terms of service and, and um, helping and uplifting and ministering onto people. And yeah, I've always said this. Since I was a kid, my mentor taught me this when I was 15. Service is the rent we pay for living. Mm. Service is the rent. Service is the rent we pay for living on earth. Service is the rent that we pay for living on earth. Mm. So yeah. So I've never I I I welcome opportunity to serve, but I've also over time learned to discern before I serve, discern before I pour. But I do welcome opportunities to serve. I enjoy it probably a little bit too much. <laughs> so I am learning to more to discern more um, before serving or while serving. You have to learn to discern when to stop. Right. You know, when to pull, yeah, when to pull away, when to give this much. Um, but nothing is wrong with serving. It's just how you serve. Right. I totally agree. And that that's important. And I do hope people take notes with that. You know, you definitely have to, everything is not called for you to serve, to, to serve for, because then you'll, you'll yeah. be putting on more burdens than what God has actually asked you to do. <laughs> so way more burdens. That is very key. <laughs> so, I mean, you have said a lot. I could describe you in so many ways because you're such a wonderful person. But how Thank would you. you describe yourself? I mean, I'm not even going to say how I would describe you, but how would you describe yourself, Lorraine? How would I describe myself? Um, I'm empathetic. I very empathetic. <laughs> I'm very empathetic. I am prophetic, very prophetic. I am. I'm authentic. Yes. You are very <laughs> <laughs> I'm so authentic. I don't feel like I could give anyone else something that's not me. I can't with the pretense. <laughs> so I'm so authentic that at times it could come out harsh mm -hmm. or it could come off too real to people. 
But um, I never let that steer me away from being authentic. Like I, I ground myself on being true to who I am because I know it's like to not being true to who I am. Mm. So um, definitely authentic. I um, I'm supernatural. <laughs> I've never said that word before to describe me, but after these last couple of words, I these last couple of years, I can definitely say. I'm supernatural. People are probably looking at me like, what do you mean by that? Yeah, what do you mean by that? <laughs> um, just being able to communicate with God mm-hmm. the way I communicate with him, being able to see in the spiritual realm the way I see in the spiritual realm, the, um, and just my interaction with, the, the, with, the, with heaven, my interaction with the supernatural realm my interaction with the spirit realm, it's its real. People will think that those, that the supernatural realm and angels and God are not real, but they are pretty much real. And so are spirits and so are demons. And you see those too. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so that's how I would describe me. I hope it falls in line with what you would describe me as. No, I, those are definitely words that I would have, I would describe you as. and. Just to, to testament to what you said about being prophetic and, um, you know, being supernatural, you are definitely one of the first people. And I actually was having a conversation with a friend of ours, um, mm-hmm. a mutual friend of ours, and I was just talking to um, my, our friend and I was just like, you know, Orain is like one of the first you know, I've seen a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people talk about their relationship with God and things of that nature, but you were the first person that I've ever seen have an authentic relationship with God. And your relationship with God was being honest, having an honest conversation, honest communication, not mm-hmm. withholding anything from God. And <laughs> I just felt when I met you, I just felt like, wow, is this even possible can I say that to God? Like, you know, God, I'm not in the mood to do this today. And learning that and just being able to be authentic and just or have organic conversations with God and, yeah. and be honest, like, God, I'm really not in the mood today. Mm-hmm. And I learned that from you. And when I was having this conversation with our friend, I was just like, he, Orain is definitely one of very few people who I've met who have actually had a real relationship with God. I mean, before I met you, I didn't hear about people unless I read the Bible and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear about people saying that, yeah, you know, God talks to me. Like, and I'm like, well, you remember? I was like, oh, Rain, what's this? So what's this? I remember. I remember. I remember when we first met. <laughs> I'm like, God said what to you? He did. He's like, really? He said that? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Like he really talks back to you. Like I remember asking you if God has a sense of humor. (laughs) I remember you asked me that. I remember you asking me if God knows about TV shows. Because I remember I gave you a prophetic word, and God made reference to like a show. He's like, he knows about TV show, and I'm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, but when you think about it, in in retrospect, and just reflecting on it now. It's like, duh, God created right. the whole world. Like all knowing. How would he not know about it? All knowing. <laughs> it just makes me also think about a scripture that God has definitely um kept on my heart and mind for these past couple of days is that it's in Isaiah. And I don't remember what the chapter is, but it's like, um, your thoughts are not my thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. And it's just like mm-hmm. God is limitless and completely beyond what we could even understand. So yeah, over the years of seeing you and getting to know you and also, you know, with your help, you have definitely helped me to establish a relationship with God on a totally different level. So uh, I'm, you're definitely, those are definitely words that I agree describe exactly who you are. Thank you. I know I said a lot. This is this podcast is, but I just had to. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to okay. Um. Hmm. So describe for us a pivotal experience that helped you to determine, discover, and understand your life purpose. 
a pivotal experience that helped me to determine my life purpose. Wow. Not determine, but discover it or just to discover my life purpose. A pivotal moment. I'm trying to think of pivotal, pivotal, a life purpose. I think, I think my entire life experience up until now. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, if I should pull out a moment, then I will be dishonoring other moments that kind of like shape me for everything. But I feel like my whole entire life experience from just like being in Jamaica and then like moving to the U.S. and then like dealing with homelessness as a teenager and like going through that and like struggling with my fate with God. There was one time like I was struggling with my fate with God. Like I didn't even know if he was real. Mm -hmm. So I feel like all of that. And then like, you know, the, the, having visions and stuff, being caught up in visions. I feel like if that, the, in, if anything, they really spark my purpose when it comes to being used by God prophetically, when I started to get visions and seeing them play out in a matter of minutes, in a matter of um, um hours or, or eight hours. And I'm just like, what? Like, you know, being around people and just like hearing something about them and feeling something about them. And that's like, feeling like I'm burning inside unless I release it. And when I speak these things to these people, they're looking at me with tears in their eyes. Like those are some pivotal moments that really shook me from like, yo, you have, God is using you here. But as it pertains to just like for my purpose, because I feel like my purpose is to serve people. <laughs> I literally feel like that. I feel like whatever I end up doing, even if it brings me wealth and riches, I will still be serving people. Because I feel like, I, I feel like that's just how my trajectory of my life has been. Um, and I never, and I don't feel, and, and oftentimes people, when you hear of serving, people think of like a low level, but a king should service people as well. A king oh, service yeah. people. Yeah. So, you know, so, um, I don't have a problem with serving. So I feel like my entire life experience and some of the supernatural, the, the supernatural experiences that I have really like confirmed to me that, Hey, this is what you're called to do. This is what God is going to use you for. And these are the routes you should be taking. Well, again, I just, I mean, I, I, it's just, this is testimony for me because I, I, you have been very impactful in my life. And um, yeah, you, I, I'm just thinking of a conversation that actually that you have prophesied not too long ago. I want to say it was about a year, almost a year ago. And you would say, mm -hmm. you said that we would be having a conversation and I would be testifying. And this is exactly I just oh, feel like that's exactly what's <laughs> happening now because um, you have, I, I mean, it literally just gave me chills because you have definitely, I've seen you prophesy in, in action. I've seen you prophesy to me. And I remember, I remember you prophesying to our, our friends and just like, wow, like you, you wouldn't know that information unless somebody told you and who's that that's somebody's god you know that's somebody's god unless i told you all that information there's no way that you would know that and right for our viewers i think that this conversation is not often discussed i think it's very taboo or considered something yeah. you know people have titled as spooky or um shy away from it but this is the reality of these are all aspects of our mm -hmm. future and these are things that we see in the scriptures and so for you to be open and just very very honest and authentic about how this has impacted impacted your life that's so important it's yeah. important to share with people and i'm grateful that i can also just be a testament of my experience and my relationship with you as you have been on your path and on your purpose yeah yeah so true yeah <laughs> I mean and then you you said that you have you've experienced some hardships and it seems like you have had experienced a lot of hardships Doreen how did you overcome these hardships how did you get through these experiences Wow. <laughs> um, excuse me. As you were as you were asking that question, my mind just started flashing through like some of the hardship. How did I well definitely and foremost with the help of the, with the help of God? Amen. Because I've encountered some stuff where like I shouldn't be here today. Mm -hmm. You know, like really I should be 
not here, dead, gone, buried a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So I first want to give honor and honor to do like God literally brought me through a lot of those um, hardships that I had to encounter. And he didn't, and I'm not being church by saying God did it. Like he didn't do it in a supernatural way where like, you know, um, something miracle, miraculous appeared before me. No, he literally used people. Mm. It was people along the way. Like I told you, I had shoulders to stand on. Like that's why I have no problem serving people now and being a bridge for people to cross over on my back on my shoulder to go where they need to go because that's what happened for me. You know, I remember being a teenager, dealing with homelessness and then having like different mentors to pour into my life to encourage me, to give me lunch, to give me breakfast, or to take me, you know, to speak life into me. So like I had a support system god always sent me good samaritans i was never short of good samaritans so that god will always send me good samaritans but i had to allow those good samaritans to do what they were sent to do in my life mm. so you know the struggle was how to how do i let these god sent people in you know how do i trust them yeah. um after going through everything that went, so the real struggle was like how do i let these guys how do i give them the access that they need to have to me to do the work that they are they can't actually do in my life so you know definitely and then over time as my relationship grow god you know i was able to anchor on god but one of the things i never gave up was praying i grew up with the praying grandmother my grandmother raised me so i'm always praying so in everything i was praying 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 i never stopped praying and every single thing i've prayed for i can say i'm living in my answered prayers right now wow. there's not one thing well there's some things that haven't come yet because I know that it's not time for them yet. But there's a, there's a lot of things that I've prayed for during my times of hardship. And I'm living in them now. I'm walking in them now. I'm sleeping in them now. So um, prayer was a huge weapon for me. And also not folding, not giving up. Like, not, like I was someone who's always honest about, no, I'm not okay. I will tell you that I'm not okay. How are you doing? I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. um so i would always acknowledge i used to always acknowledge when i'm okay because you see when you begin to do that mind game of pretense and like you know you're stressed out and you're hurting but you're doing this pretense of acting like you're not okay that's what kills people mm -hmm. more than for me i don't have time for the pretense i'm going to acknowledge to myself and accept to myself that today i'm not okay today my 100 is not 100 my 100 today is actually 20 percent, and mm -hmm. that's what i have that's what i can give and i'm gonna accept that and navigate it. i'm not going to try to do more than what my body and my mind is telling me that moment that i can give and begin to honor that begin to you know you're feeling anxiety yes i'm anxious in this moment I acknowledge it as opposed to saying oh i'm not anxious so how i deal with those hardship i acknowledge what i was going through like I, I say it, I stayed it clear. And I feel like that's what helped me to build my authenticity. But it was a, a it was a, you know, a compilation of things, um, different things that came together to help me get through um, those hardship that I experienced. Wow. And uh, as you were speaking, um, it, I just thought of this quote that I've heard a lot of people say, um, you have had people who were a blessing to you. And now it sounds like you have, well, not sounds like you are a blessing to others. Yeah. So a lot of what you experienced and a lot of what you endured has helped you to see life from a different, a completely different lens in terms of there are good people out there. There are people out there yeah. who are willing to help, who are willing to support. And that established so much for you in terms of building up your ability to trust Mm -hmm. uh, build, building up on your ability to be empowered and to see people as um, helping human beings and now you can give that back to someone else which is amazing yeah. Yeah. that seems like and to, in my eyes that seems like the role of uh, the life cycle you know God has is teaching us that it's, it's about servicing, it's about helping one another, yeah. about building one another up. And everybody is going through so many different things. And mm -hmm. thank you so for being honest in terms of saying that you're authentic. And if you're not feeling your best, say that. If you're not get if you can't give a hundred percent, say that. Because if you don't say those things, if you don't set those boundaries, people are going to either 
you know, they're going to treat it how they, how they feel. Okay. Well, this person didn't say that and you feel that way. So I didn't know. So you saying that you, you learned how to set boundaries. You learned how to say what's on your mind. You learned how to express what it is that you're feeling is those are very important. And especially, you know, with men, I, I do believe that sometimes and I don't, not sometimes, I believe that most of the time men's emotions are completely overlooked. And, um, and I say that because sometimes there's an expectant that men are just strong all the time. And I mean, I feel that even for women, but as we're on a topic with men, I do feel like sometimes we don't give men the opportunity to be vulnerable or we don't expect that they can be vulnerable or should be able to be vulnerable. And you being able to be honest, that's important. That is very important. Yeah, that's one thing that society then robbed me of as a black man. <laughs> they didn't take my voice. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, hit up black men. Don't let them take your voice. They, they, didn't get, they, didn't, they didn't enslave my voice. They, they could have enslaved other stuff, but they didn't, they didn't, not my voice. Not this black man. <laughs> yes. I mean, because honestly, there are so many men of color, brown and black men who the, the suicidal rate is very high. And that's because yeah. there's a lot of repressed emotions. You know, there's not a, enough conversations surrounded about, surrounded around yeah. feelings and men have feelings. <laughs> yeah. There's not many platform given to men to talk about their feelings, actually. Right. And, and then I just feel like it's not fair. I, I have a lot of a lot of brothers and I have a lot of uh, male cousins and I have a lot of male friends and I just think it's important to encourage men to be able yeah. to openly express their emotions and I know that's something that you do often as well Aureen yeah yeah in the blink of an eye <laughs> <laughs> so, I am not shutting up nope no sir can't do <laughs> and you do advocate you advocate for men to speak up on the house yeah you definitely do um okay so who would you say is your biggest supporter my grandmother oh <laughs> yeah she's my biggest supporter i can call on her she's always there even if she's not there physically she's she's just there she always show up with somehow so yeah, my grandmother is my biggest supporter. She's been supporting me all my life mm. since I was a child. So yeah, my grandmother. I'm pretty sure she's so proud of the work that you're doing and how much you have grown and developed and, and just all the things that she has instilled with you, especially with praying and just having a relationship with God. Has yeah. she talked to you about that at all? Yeah, she expressed that all the time. We talk every day and she often say to me that she's proud and so forth. So, you know, I allow her to express that. Yeah, she does. Okay. And I do have another question. Who is your hero and why? Who is my hero and why? My grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> my grandmother um because she i feel like she's a foundation right she's a foundation she's the foundation of who i am today i feel like you know if my she's the one that raised me my grandmother raised me um since i was nine months old to eight years old so you know she raising me teaching me how to pray taking me to church being a mother to me and then you know, so I feel like that she set the foundation. She she implemented some foundational stuff in me that did not move, that cannot be moved. Mm. So I was able to, you know, anchor on those things. So when trouble came and trial came, I knew what prayer is. I knew how to pray. And I feel like one of the most powerful weapons is prayer. And she gave me that. She taught me that. So she's definitely my hero. She's also tangible, you know. I didn't want my hero to be somebody who I can't even communicate with on a daily basis, yeah. intangible hero. Um, so she's tangible. I have access to my brother. We talk every day. We, we pray every morning at seven o'clock for the past four or five years. Wow. So, you know, there's consistency, you know, when I know the connection. So yeah, definitely my grandmother. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, when you said that she, 
she just pretty much she grounded you she kept you rooted she kept you she instilled so many principles in you that uh, have made a remarkable difference yeah remarkable difference yeah. all right all right shout out to her <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna switch gears just a little bit hmm is there anything you are fearful of and can you share what that is Anything I'm fearful of. <laughs> One of my biggest fear is to hear on judgment day, God say to me, depart from me, I know you're not. Mm, wow. I would hate to live life and serve the way I serve and just, because I live for God, I live for Christ. Yes. So, you know, any fear that I have is going to be a fear that's within him. Right. So my biggest fear is to, to not please him. Mm. So, yeah, if you want to see me get nervous real quick, anxiety real quick, let me feel like I didn't please God or I didn't do enough for him. Even though we know that God is not a God like that, that's going to penalize me. But, like, oh, he's not a God of perfectionism. But just in my own self, because I always want to um please him, yeah. that, you know, if I ever know that with and that's how i know i'm i'm so authentic to the point where i'm authentic with myself so if i did something for god and i know deeply within myself that i could have done better yeah and i didn't do it i'm displeased i'm sad mm. and i will say to myself like i know i could have done better for god. like i know it's in my capability to do better but i did it first hour say for example it's, it's sowing a seed like it's given an offering i give 50 dollars and i know that i could have given 100 dollars. i have 50 dollars hanging there, not about to do anything with it. And I know that in my spirit, I was supposed to give hundred dollars. Immediately after that, I will feel like I robbed God. So I know immediate conviction. I know immediate repentance. Like I'm like, Whoa. so I feel like that's my fear, like to just go through life and get to the end of life, judgment day and hear God say, depart from me, I know you're not. You know, a lot of people, I'm, again, I'm just in awe because I don't hear a lot of people say that, you know, and- yeah. You are definitely very devoted in your service to God's people and, and your relationship with God. And I think that's not something that we think about so much, especially in this type of world where there's a lot of education, yeah. a lot of self-pleasing behaviors and things. And we all come from the source and that source is God. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing that. I, I do think, I do hope that that is something that people will think about and really take into yeah. consideration because there's, there comes this, there is going to be an end and, you know. Yeah, it keeps me reflective. Yes, it, it keeps, keeps me going. reflective. It really does. It's like, am I, am I true to myself and people or am I true to the, cre the creator who has given me life? Right. Who am I pleasing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is it people, myself, or my creator? Who am I pleasing? Mm. Um, and I always ask myself that question. I like that. I think I'm going to yeah. thank you for saying that because that's <clears throat> I'm going to start to reflect on daily myself. Yeah. It keeps me in a place of reflecting because I know the flesh. I know me. I can be young, wild, and free if I want to be and just live, live, live and, mm -hmm. and just live without remorse because mm -hmm. I've done that. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm sorry, I was like pinned to the cross of, and pinned to the church door all my life. Mm -hmm. Like I've been in the world, I've done all that stuff. So I'm all, I know what my inner cravings can be because you have to know yourself. Yeah. When you know yourself, then you can keep yourself disciplined. So I know I'm like, you know, at one time with that, it's going to cause me to go on a rampage. I don't even want one time. So, you know, like, so I know myself. I know that I'm somebody that I can just live and just, just live. So what keeps me grounded and keeps me reminded that, you know, the life that I live is not my own life. You know, I was placed on here for a purpose and I should be living within that purpose. I um, mean, it's so easy to live out of your purpose because when you're living in your purpose, it, 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 it can be difficult at times right. but it's, it's, it's so that it's so easy to live out of your purpose so this is a thing that keeps me anchoring living in my purpose like am I pleasing God at the end of the day when the, this world comes to an end on judgment day that we all have heard of 
whether we believe in God or not, we have all our prayer of judgment day. On this day, I, what am I going to hear from God? Is he going to say, well done? Or is he going to say, depart from me? And I feel like that's my biggest fear. Um, and I feel like, yeah. After our life, I've grown to and have different fears. I know for a very long time, one of my fears was to become homeless again because I knew what homelessness was. But I'm so assured in where the foundation that God has given me that I know that I cannot and will not be homeless again. Like, you know, so I know that that's no longer fear. So my fear has now gone to a different level. It's within serving him, being pleasing mm-hmm. to me. Um, so, yeah. Well, I... I'm still processing that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could get deep sometimes, Asia. You know, I can't control it sometimes. <laughs> I'm here you know, I'm calling for the deep. Like, did I do, did I serve, was I being absurd today? Because I know I get caught up in my own thoughts and what it is that I think I should be doing. And I know that I need to be doing what you say that. So yes, that is, whew, that's going to be the quote of the day. That is the quote of the day. Who are you pleasing? Are you pleasing the quote of the year? The quote of the year. Are you pleasing others, yourself, or are you pleasing God? Because ultimately, when you're pleasing God, you're pleasing yourself because you're doing Mm -hmm. what you're supposed to do. Like you said, you're doing what it is that you were created to do. Right. And when you service, when you're pleasing to God by serving people, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. This needs to be talked about more often. It really, really needs to be talked about more often. I know. I know. We need the platform for it. Yes, it would save so many lives. And it would also, it would help people to understand their identity so much more. Yeah. Um. So I think we've, we've oh, I have another, I have two really, really good questions. And I think we can kind of, I, I wouldn't say couple these together. But um, they're one of the same. No, two of the same. Mm-hmm. I should say. Um, if there was one thing you could change about the world, what would it be and why? If there was one thing I could change about the world, what would it be and why? The segregation. Mm. And not just segregation, like physical segregation, but the segregation in the way we think. Okay. Okay. We think as human beings very segregatedly. Um, we think very individualistically. Mm. Um, self, 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 self. Um, and because of that, it's just like, it's now that I don't feel like it's a together or a unified thought process when it comes, when you think of us. Not saying that everyone's going to always, I'm not saying we should think about the same thing, but when you observe that we're often not aligned as a people, we're not on one accord as a people. So I feel like if I could change anything about the world, I would change that. Um, that there would, they would, they won't be um, this very selfish way of thinking. Cause I think that's what it is. I think that's the thing that would change in the world. Because I feel like um, the absence of this selfish way of thinking um, will make more room for, for genuine love. Yes. And I feel like that's what we don't have as a people. Um, it's genuine love. It's too hard. I'm so tired of hearing people saying, oh, genuine love is hard to find. Genuine friend. It shouldn't be like that. No. <laughs> it shouldn't be like that. So I feel like that's what I would change in the world. It should, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Being more considerate, you know. Yeah. Self, self, self. But we're all connected. I mean, whether we think. At the end of the day. Yeah. We're all connected. And it goes back to service, just like you said. It, this all goes back to service. Mm-hmm. Helping someone is uplifting them, is reminding them that they are enough when they may not even feel like that at that moment. And I know, I, I can only speak for myself. I know when I'm helping someone, it makes me feel good, you know? And yeah. I know from you, from what you said and just knowing you, that when you help people, that makes you feel good. So imagine yeah. if we all took upon that that same type of approach. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it we wouldn't be experiencing not a pe- lot of people. People would be homeless. People wouldn't really be experiencing hardships. It would feel it would feel more like a community. Yes, it would be- as opposed to a dog eat dog world. Right, because it wouldn't be a competitive world. It's very yeah. competitive. 
very good. Um, so yeah. So much, you know, so much is predicated upon you. I'm doing better. I'm living better. I'm winning, you know, and it's, we're all created. We all have a reason to be created. We all were created for a purpose. Yeah. My light doesn't dim your light and your light doesn't dim mine. And still, yeah. when we shine, when we all both shine and we shine real bright and shining together. Yeah. This is deep. This is deeper than I expected. Thank you, Elaine. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't have. I, I knew this was going to be deep, but you you brought out a lot of jewels here. Um. So our last question, Elaine. The last one. Again. Okay. And I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So what type of legacy would you leave, like to leave this world and why? What type of legacy? Wow. <laughs> um, I want to leave I want to leave a legacy of signs and wonders oh. behind. All right. You know, I'm tired of like when we read the you know, you know when you read the Bible about back in the day stuff, or like when you read about back in the days like Pentecost revival and stuff like that, you hear about people praying for the sick and healing the blind and like raising the dead. And like we don't have that in our modern day time. You know, we don't have that, you know, like, who can we point to? Not to go, oh, that person. So I, that's the legacy I want to leave behind. Like, when Horain was on the earth, he was raising dead. He was healing the sick. He was healing people from this. He was healing the blind. Like, that's the legacy. I want to leave a legacy of Christ. When you see me, when you hear about my name, it's supposed to be connected to the Holy Spirit. You're supposed to be done. I'm a man of God. That's my legacy. When you hear about my name, when you see me, when you see anything connected to me, you know that I was and I am a man of God. But I wanted to be one filled with signs and wonder. I want everyone that's connected to me to experience the supernatural, to experience God's power, to experience like his healing, his prophetic, his everything. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's that's what I'm, I'm asking God to use me. That's the level I'm asking God to use me for. And I feel like that will leave a legacy and pave a way for um, more people to just come forward and be used like that for God. Because I feel like the, we will benefit from that. So yeah, that's legacy. I want to leave a supernatural Christ-filled signs and wonder legacy behind. I have to say that you are definitely very generous. And that is definitely a generous legacy to leave behind. And oh, you think? Thank you. Yes, that's very generous. Most people. I was even thinking along that line. I was just like, "This is what I wanted. <laughs> this is what I want to do." That is really generous and wonderful. And you know, I did want to. I wanted to ask you something in between um, this. What would you say? Because this 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 came to mind. What would you say to those who are who are doubtful in terms of you know supernatural or doubtful in terms of signs and wonders and all these and prophetic words and things like what would you what what would you say to someone who is doubtful of such experiences and and abilities and things of that nature i will say be open-minded okay. um you have we have experienced so many things in the world <clears throat> that we never thought would have happened like who would have thought of a global shutdown a global pandemic um there's so many things in the world that I wish that I saw like an awe moment, like what the galaxy looked like, the world looked like. Sometimes when I look and I walk in Manhattan in New York City, I see how tall the buildings are. I'm like, yo, men made that? I'm like, we men? I'm like, I'm so sure. Like, we're so, there's no men that tall. There's no men as tall as a building. Mm -hmm. And we make, we build things that's taller than us. Wow. We build things that's bigger than us, but there's no one man that can match the height of a building. But we are smaller. We build things that's bigger than us. So just imagine that what, what else is there? <laughs> what else is there that we, we have not experienced? I feel like when we, just as how we can believe in space, you know, we can believe in space. We could believe that there's a solar system. I'm not saying everyone believe that, but I'm just giving different venues of how people can open their mind. You know, we see men building skyscrapers. We see men building a plane that can make us fly from one country to another. So we open our mind to things like that. When, you, when, 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 and then when you look and you begin, sometimes when I look and I see 
the world, just what life, the nature, what life looks like, the wind, the sun, how everything operates in the, in unison. I'm just like, there has to be something divine behind all of this. Mm. So I just learned to keep my mind open. If you want to be someone that learns, if you want to be someone that continues to learn, because as long, as long as you're alive, you're supposed to be learning. So if you want to be someone that continues to learn, then you have to have an open mind. Wow. You have to have an open mind. The moment you close your mind, the moment that's the moment you close, you stop your learning. Mm. A closed mind cannot learn. So, you know, you want to be open mind. You want to approach everything with open mind. Um, yeah, because when you when you approach everything with open mind, eventually everything's going to make sense to you. You're, you're going to feel it. You're going to see it. it's going to make sense to you because there's wisdom that you get when your mind, you leave your mind open. So that would be my encouragement to people who struggle with believing in the supernatural. It's just like, there's so many things that we didn't believe would happen or could happen. And we're seeing them playing out within the last two years. Wow. I, I just feel like you just closed the entire podcast with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is, all I can say is that that is definitely very true well i i realized when i asked god certain questions like you know why why is what has this happened or mm -hmm. this way and just being open to having that type of dialogue with god and understanding the questions to get answered and and it does make sense like you said you start to gain that wisdom you start to go gain that understanding when you're more open and more mm -hmm. just inquisitive and constantly in a, in a frame of learning and a perspective of learning and not saying, Hey, well, I already know this, but there's so much more that you, that you can learn and gain from yeah. it. So, well, thank you so much for enlightening us, Oreen. Um, you have said so many wonderful things, so many remarkable things that I do hope and pray that people will take and reflect on, you know, pray about, seek, Mm -hmm. questions and how can how can our viewers if they want to check out check out O'Rain and see what he's doing and what's going in his on in your life how they how can they get in touch with you or how can they contact you I can say so first I want to thank you for just having me giving me this platform to speak to express myself this is always <laughs> good um so viewers how can you so Instagram I'm, I'm on IG um, my name is, so I have two working IG that's going on. I have Rain or Rain, which is R-E-I-G-N or A-Y-N-E. That's my name, Rain or Rain. That's my personal Instagram. There's also my Instagram page called A Heart of Prayers, a page um, where I release different prayers and stuff. Um, so yeah, so you could connect on Instagram. You can connect on YouTube, my Heart of Prayer YouTube channel. So yeah, thank you again, Asia. Um, I love this platform that you have created and you're pushing for. And I look forward to see um, all the episodes that will be coming up in this series. Thank you so much, Orain. Again, guys, I will definitely be um, adding Orain's information on my Instagram page. So definitely look out for that. And again, I thank you so much for being a part of the Peace and Preparation podcast, Orain. Thank you. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye.